0: You're listening to Panthers on tap. I'm Curtis round joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game and Carolina Panthers football. So join us crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care. Whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self promotion, stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on tap. Two more pro days down. Bryson, we had Bryce Young after our last episode, and then Will Levis, and we got Anthony Richardson coming up later this week. So we're getting another look at these top QBs as we get closer and closer to the draft. We are now, I believe it's 30 days away from the NFL draft in Kansas City. How you doing tonight?
1: Good dude uh finally made the move to uh Raleigh area and I'm um, getting settled in but um uh, but yeah staying on top of especially the Bryce Young pro day and um some comments made today by uh the coaching staff so um it was uh, exciting to to get to see you know Bryce Young break it down for us but um I'll let you handle the uh the other pro day <laughs> didn't get to watch much of that one but uh we'll get into it
0: yeah, let's start with Bryce Young. Would you see, would you like anything you picked up from the coaches? We didn't get the 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 basketball and the horse comment from McCown, but anything you saw that
1: caught uh, your attention? Yeah, nothing like that. Um, I think that they were intentionally more uh, strict with that, with the cameras being around and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I really liked what I saw from Bryce Young in this pro day. He showed plenty of arm strength. One ball hit the ceiling. Um, I mean, I don't think that he's lacking at all in that area. I know he's probably – he doesn't have as big as, of an arm as Will Evis or Richardson, but it's definitely adequate enough. He's proven that throughout his playing career up to this point. Um, You know, he – I like that they added a little bit of the rush uh, in his pro day, simulating a, a rush, moving around or throwing over the um, the rush from a defense. So, I like that. Um, Like Steve Smith mentioned – Uh, He knows orange juice and quarterbacks and he really liked the corner routes that, uh, that Bryce Young was throwing. And uh, I think Steve uh, Steve Smith agrees with you and I on the Bryce Young is the clear cut. Number one for Carolina at at number one overall in the, in the draft. And I think that he just cemented that in my mind, I I didn't really see any area of concern. Um, His wide receivers were terrible on the deep balls. They dropped, I think, everyone that was catchable. And then he overthrew uh, the receivers a couple of times. And uh, if you, if you're on the Bryce Young's arm, isn't strong enough to be an NFL boat um, overthrowing his receivers when he's throwing it 50, 60 yards really doesn't look too hot for you. Uh, So I think I I was, I was excited and I think that he just cemented in my mind that he should be the number one overall pick.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think, I thought he did a really good job. Um, If I had to compare Stroud to Young, I feel like Stroud had the better pro day. However, you got to also look at the talent he had around him throwing, Bryce Young throwing to. There was a couple of passes that are dropped, and even if it's on the money, it still doesn't look great. So you got to take that in consideration. He had a couple that were over he overthrew the guys deep, which was good. It's at least it's not underthrown. I know the ceiling was an issue, too, uh, or the netting, I think they pointed to. But overall, I thought it was a good pro day. I like that he was calling the plays and directing the receivers to go to certain routes. Majority of the time, you see the QBs going to whoever they've been training with in the past month. I think Stroud had Palmer, so Palmer has the script out for him. And Bryce Young had that script and was kind of commanding and showing his leadership, which has been – kind of echoed by Nick Saban in the past. So that was, I really like that part of it. And I thought he did well. Um, he off scripts. I mean, he tried to simulate that a little bit. Um, and like you mentioned him throwing over um, some simulated pass rushing guys, hands up in the air and stuff like that. So that was good to see his movement in the pocket. He also did some un you know, under center type throws, which you don't see a lot of when in his time at Alabama. So that was good to see because I know that's, that's might have been a, one of his knocks as well. He's not really been under center. So you saw a little bit of that simulation there as well. Overall, I thought it was good. You saw Nicole Tepper. That was maybe the only thing. She hugged him before his workout. So maybe that's something to read into a little bit. But no, I thought it was good. And I thought I liked his answers. He's so calm. Like his interviews, he's just like he's you can just tell, like that guy does not get rattled at all. Like he's just chill, even keel um which is awesome and Steve Smith I mean the guy loved him up and down I mean he wanted he wanted his jersey and an autographs sp- specifically for him in his man cave so Steve Smith was on board his number one quarterback in this draft but I kind of want to just mention this a little bit further is the receivers both of these QBs had. And I know that's been an argument and I've seen it online of no, they're pretty comparable. I mean, it is night and day who CJ Stroud was throwing to over what Bryce Young had the last two years. I mean, Chris Olave, you have, uh, Harrison Jr. Who is going to be an absolute stud in this league next year. Um, Smith named Jigba, who's coming out, who's going to be really good this year. Garrett Wilson from last year. Like
1: Rookie the, guy, of the year yeah, NFL. Yeah,
0: the guy, <laughs> the guy was literally loaded with talent at Ohio State. And again, that's not a knock. I mean, if you have those receivers, you're going to throw them the ball too. But you got to put that into consideration. And I think you that was highlighted. And I just wanted to bring it up because it was definitely highlighted in Bryce Young's pro day of the receivers, there were some drops that were just awful and just on the money that you yeah. got to make catches. And I don't want to make excuses for them, but it's it's clear it needs to be brought up that the talent from both guys – and, you know, Young has had some guys as well. He had Mechie, he's had – I think it was Williams who went Jameson to the Lions, Williams. right? Yeah. So, I mean, he's had talent as well, and he also has had a really good offensive line in the Alabama program and everything else, but, again – that that is one thing I think that needs to be noted because people try to deflect that a little bit. And that's, I mean, that was on full display at the pro days. Absolutely. Let's go to Will Levis. You said you didn't get to watch this. I watched it. I watched all the throws, you know, Frank Reich did the same thing, took his picture like he did every other quarterback. Um, Will Levis was interesting. Uh, to say the least, like his arm, he's, he's got a monster arm. There's no doubt about it. Like the guy can throw it over a mountain. He's got a cannon of an arm, but a lot of his throws just seemed like he was rifling the ball in when he didn't have to, like he was over, he was overly trying to show off that cannon of an arm, which I thought was a little strange. His footwork was kind of, he would make, his feet and his arm and, his, you know, where he was looking for the ball and aiming, it just, they didn't always match up. And there was just, it seemed like there was unnecessary movement in his footwork in that pro day. And then one thing that drove me nuts, and apparently other QBs have done this. This is the first time I've ever seen it, but I picked it up early. And then they ended up mentioning it in the broadcast. Will Levis flips the ball in his hand in his drop back. It is one of the most strangest things I've ever seen. And I get it when you don't have the ball, the laces, your hands, your fingertips on the laces. You want to get that and get comfortable. But I mean, it was a pretty consistent, like it kept coming up and coming up. And I don't, again, I don't know if that will be ever an issue. I just noticed it and thought it was so, it was strange as hell for him to do that. Um, but just something that I picked up on him. I thought, I mean, he made some decent throws. He had some couple airmails. I mean, all the guys did, if we're going to be honest. But, um, Coming away from it, I just it didn't seem like the Panthers were as interested in as the other two guys, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, just demeanor after it and you know, Frank Reich, and they all came up to him after and, you know, gave him a handshake, but it just seemed like their focus was elsewhere at that point, at least from what I could see.
1: It just seems like they were going through the motions, I think, uh, you know, just doing their trying to make it seem like they are seriously interested in all four quarterbacks. But I think Levis is the clear cut number four out of, out of the four that they are allegedly considering Um, just a lot of question marks when it comes to the year he had this, this past year and um, his ability to uh, make sound decisions in the pocket uh, just uh, really. And, And for me, it's like a personality thing. I just feel like he's so, entitled like he just he reminds me of Zach Wilson coming out not we we saw how how that happened or how that worked out in in New York and I think that Will Lewis is similar to uh to that situation so uh, I think Carolina will stay far away from him and I think rightfully so uh maybe if they were sitting at nine and he was there uh still then that's a point when you consider him at, at nine but at one not even thinking about him
0: yeah, I don't I, I just I honestly can't see it. Again, I think you're right. If they were at nine, I think this is obviously a guy that would be in their ballpark. Uh, but it just I don't know if he's Zach Wilson. I don't get that as much. I think he likes to have fun. I think that is clear. Um, and and you know, people were giving him shit and they asked him about this because this has been out there, so you might as well clear the air. They asked him about the mayonnaise in the coffee and the uh, what well, the other weird one he did. Oh, the shrimp in the peels. He eats shrimp whole. He said that was literally just TikTok videos and he was having fun. He does not drink mayonnaise in his coffee and people blow that out of proportion. But anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there because that was mentioned. I know that was this guy's crazy and stuff. But yeah, I mean, he definitely likes to have fun. He wanted to show off his guns. It looked like he, for me at least, I thought he oiled himself up before the day. Because, I mean, his arms looked ripped and they were all shiny. He probably and, did. Uh, it, I, it, he was sweating, like... but, like, he was – and that was another thing I picked up. He he took a break midway through, and he looked a little tired f- through his pro day. And I know guys and Bryce, Long, you know, Bryce Young was sweating his ass off. I get it, though. I mean, it, it's – it it gets tiring, but I that was another thing I picked up. I thought he was a little bit he was getting a little bit tired there towards the end. But again, I think it's a far, far reach. I don't think it's a possibility for Carolina at one. But it's worth mentioning because they were in the building. And I took note of this and I put it on Twitter. The Titans were doing a lot of talking with Seattle at that pro day. I don't know if this has anything to do with Will Levis or a quarterback, another quarterback in general, but Tennessee was pretty chummy with Pete Carroll and those and, and Schneider with Seattle. So that's just something to keep in mind because we know at these Pro Days that's where these things happen and these trades, trades will occur. So just something to keep in mind. So that's enough about the Pro Days. we got Anthony Richards, Richardson coming up. I think it's on Thursday. Is that right, Thursday? Yep. We'll sure. talk about him in a little bit here. So just look forward to that. Some other things Panthers since we've lasted our recording they have signed DJ Chark. We kind of were hoping this was going to happen. It sounded like, you know, they brought him in on a visit and then no signing and then all of a sudden here he is and they, and they officially signed him. Bryson, what do you think of the of bringing old number 4 from Detroit over?
1: I love it. I I think uh, we saw a lot of him um, in Carolina last season when the Lions played Carolina. He had a very good game. Uh, You know, he's a a 6'4, 4'3, vertical threat guy. I really think that he can come in and immediately be the wide receiver one in Carolina. Uh, He's only 26 years old. He has had some injury problems in his past, uh, to say the least. So, uh, and I think even today they mentioned he had ankle surgery and he's recovering from that now. But uh, I'm excited. Uh, If he can stay healthy, I really do think he can be that wide receiver one in Carolina um, over Terrace Marshall and over Adam Thielen. It's just another depth piece at the very least, but I think he has the ability to, like I said, be the number one wide receiver in Carolina and be able to do everything on the field at the wide receiver position. He's very versatile, just has to be able to stay on the field.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. He's the guy who can take the top off the defense. It sounds like Frank Reich, when he was talking today at the owner's meeting, whatever you want to call it in Arizona, that they would like, you know, to open up his route capabilities and, you know, move him around a little bit too. So that's something to look forward to. Again, I hope he's healthy. He had ankle surgery in the offseason. Sounds like They're hopeful that he'll be there for part of OTAs, according to the doctor who did the surgery. So, again, hopefully he can get in there and he'll be very helpful to this rookie. And just looking at the offensive offensive weapons for the rookie, I mean, this, this team offensively, disregarding the offensive line is entirely different. I mean, you go from Foreman... To Miles Sanders, you go to DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrish Marshall to Terrace Marshall, DJ Chark, and Adam Thielen, and then you add in the tight end uh, with Hayden Hurst. So again, there's I think they're doing a nice job from what they've lost in DJ Mortis around this rookie with weapons and a security blanket and a pretty darn good running back who had a good season last year and I think the things are looking up for them offensively and can kind of open up Scott Fitter has said he doesn't want to force anything at pick 39 or really in the draft so I think that opens them up at that pick in the second round
1: do you in in your opinion so far this offseason do you think the offense has improved from last season uh, in its entirety or do you think that it's still a work in progress
0: I would say it's improved with all the pieces collectively. I don't think you're going to replace replace DJ Moore, but the pieces around there are going to supplement that, the loss of him. And I think anytime you can get a, I mean, the Panthers have not had a tight end really since Greg Olson's left. So to, you know, get someone who is a pretty good pass catching tight end in Hayden Hurst and him become you know, I think is going to become a focal point of the offense. And it's been a focal point of Frank Reich's style of offense to get him as a security blanket for the rookie. And then Miles Sanders, honestly, I thought he was going to be out of their price range. I didn't think they'd be willing to pay a guy that much realistically. And, you know, Scott Fitter and Suleiman figure out a way to do it. And, I mean, they whatever what they've done this off-scene has just been – damn near remarkable as far as cap space and working the cap and getting these deals done and bringing in guys, you know, that were in talks, like Adam Thielen was in talks, chiefs and Broncos and some of these other teams that you would say, Oh, these teams are better off of where Carolina was and they're bringing them in. So yeah, I would definitely, I, I, I would definitely say, I think it's an upgrade across the board. What about you?
1: Yeah, I I agree. uh, uh, You know, with a lot of the same points that you made, uh, I believe Hayden Hurst is going to be very important to the team. Uh, and like you mentioned in a Frank Reich offense, the tight end is always a focal point. So he's going to be a big one. And, um, and I really, really, really like the Miles Sanders signing. I, as you know, I wasn't a fan of bringing a foreman back. I wanted a more three down style back and Miles Sanders was a top 10 running back last year, statistically. And I think he's one of the most complete backs in the league, being able to block catch and run the ball. So, I really like the Miles Sanders signing. I think they improved a lot there. And then having Thielen and Shark, uh, you know, like you mentioned, you aren't going to replace DJ Moore that easily. But Thielen and Shark are going to definitely help uh, help with that. And if Thielen can be just you know just a remnant of, of his former self, which last season he was pretty good still. I think I mentioned in a previous episode he was top ten in uh, route wins. So. Uh, if he can continue that and and play, continue that play in Carolina, then uh, I think the offense is going to be in a in a very good position. And uh, another point about the uh, cap, even after all these signings, I think Carolina is still second in in the league right now with cap space. I think they have roughly like 26, 27 million in cap space currently, so they can still bring in more. And I think one person that I that I tweeted that I've got my eye on is Leonard Floyd because uh, there was an interesting point about uh, Scott Fitter had mentioned in one of his press conferences that he's been in contact with Brian Burns agent, but not about Brian Burns' contract and Leonard Floyd is represented by Brian Burns agent. So I think that it's a possibility and, and Leonard Floyd, I believe has history with a Oh, Interesting. So I think (laughs) when Leonard Floyd might be, uh, a Carolina Panther eventually. So just keep your eye on that.
0: Yeah. And speaking of that, I just looked it up 27 million in cap space, according to over the cap. So, and I think it is second in the league right now, which is Carolina mind you was, I think negative nine when the season ended and negative 9 million in the red. And again, those and next year, I mean, that's really going to soar. They're like top of the league when it comes to cap space six years it's that's gone really, down
1: it's gone down it has and, and i mean it's
0: yeah. going to go down once you have you factor in brian burns's contract as well so yeah i mean that will change but i I mean it's i feel the, like the panthers not,
1: are doing doing some saint style stuff with the cap with void years and uh i mean i love it I, they're being aggressive finally and uh in doing like my, my thought process is the NFL isn't ever going to end, like, unless the world ends, like, you know, so kicking the can down the road, you, there's really not a whole lot of repercussions until it gets like maybe like 10 years out. Uh, So you kick the can down the road, you just, you continue to kick it down the road because well, I mean, what's going to happen? You're, you can just keep kicking it down the road until next year, until next year, until next year, there's always another year. So um, that's what the saints have done. And, and they were able to. They had an awful cap situation. They were able to sign Derek Carr to a thirty-five million dollars contract. I mean, it cap like yes, it exists and it it is a real thing. But there is always a way to manipulate it to sign players that you want. And I think that I don't know who is like in charge of calling around or, or checking teams' books to see if they're legitimately under the cap or not. But uh, I think that you know, I think teams in this league can there's always ways around that, that number of the, of the, um, of the cap space. So um, I I love, I love what Carolina's done. And I think that it'll hopefully continue to be a trend and bring in players that that they need to finally bring in some winning seasons here in Carolina. It really opens things up for them. And, and like we mentioned, they still have a ton of cap space this season. Uh, About 10 million of it will go to the rookies um, that they signed from the draft. So probably about 17 million to play with and, Floyd, I imagine, isn't going to be extremely expensive. He's 30 years old. Um, he did. He is coming off a nine-sack season, so uh, that would be a great piece to add opposite of Bryant Burns in a uh, Jair defense. But, you know, I imagine his number wouldn't be too high, so they could even probably sign another player or two. Uh, so just keep your eyes open. I, I really don't think Carolina's done in free agency.
0: The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins, plus combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. All right, the final four is set. We got FAU, San Diego State and then Miami and Yukon. Matchup I'm looking forward to is Yukon. They're playing at a really high level right now and just dominating teams. I think they're going to be the team to beat the rest of the way. This year has been up and down tournament a roller coaster ride. No number one season in the final four in decades. So these last couple of games are going to be fun to watch. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook code TPPN. Yeah, I don't either. I will say this I think Suleiman and Fitter are doing better than what the Saints are because. Yeah, they kicked the can down the road, but I feel like they have lost. I mean, they lost almost their entire defensive line over the last couple years, and they've also – I mean, they lost Gardner Johnson. They've lost another corner. They've lost some good guys in it, and I get it. They're not – you know, some of these guys aren't the top of the name, but those guys add value, and that defense has been scary for years. So they do lose that way, and I hope – I think what Suleiman and Fitter are doing is that they're doing it the right way. I really, I really truly believe that. And I think Carolina needs to figure out a way to keep Suleiman in this organization. Cause I think he adds real value to fitter and kind of be in that devil's advocate. And, you know, you got to be smart with the, in the cap space and also be smart with getting, you know, premier players as well. And I think they've done a nice job of kind of balancing that out. And I've I've seen Floyd. I was I was trying to pull this up while I was talking here, but I can't find it. But Mike K had put out something today in his mailbag, and we've had him on it. Was it last week's or the week before's episode? And in his in his article here, he had said that Carolina has shown interest in Floyd. Um, he just doesn't know if they're still active or not. So that is something to keep in mind. Again, I think your point, and I never thought of this about the fitter in the comments with Brian Burns as agent. That is intriguing as hell. <laughs> so I hope you're right on that, and I hope that is the case because that would be that would be good because I think that's what Carolina is still missing. Like they brought in guys, but that true pass rusher, aside from Brian Burns, would be big and huge for this team, and you know, and they could add with that in the draft if they don't get a Floyd. So that's yeah. something else to look at too at that pick 39. Let's talk about Frank Wright comments today because this Anthony Richardson stuff just keeps popping up. It just keeps coming up, man. And it's you can't avoid you gotta at least talk about it. we can't avoid it. So Reich today at the owners meeting said that Anthony Richardson makes plays and throws that scream top pick. And now I, wa- I listened to this cause I think it was Adrian Wilson or someone else had recorded it and he did say top pick. And then he's like one of the top picks. So like he kind of reiterated that a little bit. And then he also said that he mentioned his low comp- completion percentage and that, that is a concern, but he doesn't highly look at that at that stage. So anything we got to read into this, Bryson, because this thing just keeps coming with Richardson.
1: No, I don't think so. I think it's just continued smoke screens. Uh, I don't know if they think that Houston is interested in Anthony Richardson at two or what the deal is, but I really, I don't buy their interest in him at number one overall at all. I really don't think that they trade up to one to get a guy like Richardson. I think that if that's their target, they trade up to three and not one. Uh, When you trade up to one, you're really I mean, in my eyes, you're trading up for either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, because, you know, that those are probably going to be the two first quarterbacks, uh, two of the first quarterbacks to go in the uh, in the draft. So you trade up to one, you have your choice of either you trade up to three, you more than likely um, have you could get you could get Richardson or you could even stay at nine. Like I've said before, I really, really think that Richardson would have been there at nine, too. So. I, I don't buy I don't buy the hype at one at all. I think that they are trying to continue to sell their pick to the number two spot and try to recoup some of the uh draft capital that they traded away, but I don't buy it. And if I hear his name number one overall, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk out of the room like I did when I heard JC Horn's name was number it was eight overall when uh it, it will be at the draft, which will make it even worse. So um I I just it's either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Been saying that all all offseason so far. We're on the same page on that, I, I believe. And it, you know, it's that that's what it is.
0: Yeah, I, I I just I think it is Stroud versus Young. I just wanna make note of it in case you know something crazy happens and we end up getting burned. And here we are talking about it. I do think one thing that's interesting, and I saw this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, and this was when Sheena had tweeted out that Richardson's camp was told to look for condos in Charlotte. And someone in that tweet posted a picture of Tom Gormley. He's a uh, ortho specialist and he works with sports performance and science. And I believe he has some sort of ties to Anthony Richardson. And someone said, well, look what he tweeted out the day of the trade. And I think it's 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 something just to talk about. But the Panthers traded the Bears on March 10th at about around five o'clock-ish. Okay. An hour later at like 6 30. So about an hour and a half later or so, Tom Gormley tweeted out a picture emoji of the cool glasses. And that's all he tweeted about an hour after that trade. I don't know if we want to read into that or not, but that was oh, out that's there. nothing. And someone and someone put that out there and again I was I'm trying to find the ties but I believe he has worked with Anthony Richardson, but I just thought that was interesting. It just adds another layer to it. But anyway, it's just we got we got we got a month. We got to talk about something. Yeah, yeah, I mean I
1: I get it. I get the speculation and everything, but I I mean, that that could literally be about it. No, it could. It could, but the timing's
0: interesting. So just put put that in your back pocket. But anyway, that was Frank Reich's comments. He also said today, and I had tweeted this out earlier, is he said durability factor is a question for Bryce Young. It's not so much as height. And this keeps getting mentioned, and it keeps getting brought up. And... Uh, I I think Reich is buying on record to say, you know, size, you know, size is a factor and I get it. Uh, But there's other coaches that have a high pick that aren't saying that. I was just curious your thoughts on his comments.
1: Yeah, that was interesting. I saw your tweet. Uh, I didn't, I didn't hear D'Amico Ryan's uh, talk at all today. So I didn't know that he had said that, you know, it wasn't a concern and then we have Frank Reich you know, on on our side saying that durability is a concern, it definitely, it definitely is something to look at. I believe. Um, I I don't know if you know, like I mentioned before, Reich is so hard to read when it comes to if if he's being serious or is he smoke screening or or what. Um, and I think that you know it's an interesting point for sure that you have one coach on one hand saying not concerned at all, Bryce Young is is you know a top pick like one of the best players in the draft not concerned about durability or size or anything and then you have the, the one that has the top pick the number one choice saying yeah it, it is a little bit of a concern you know not so much size but durability and i, I just it is maybe something a little to read into and um hopefully <laughs> hopefully carolina can can hop off of that and and not have that mindset for for our benefit here on Panthers on Tap because we we all know we love Bryce Young and play any player can get injured any player is one play away from getting injured so uh, Bryce Young has shown the ability to avoid rushes uh, play without taking big hits you you kind of learn to do that when you're his size and and he has done it throughout his whole career so um, I mean if I'm if I'm the head coach that's not a concern for me at all so I I don't know it, it, it was an interesting point for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean that the the signs just keep on pointing to CJ Stroud at this point. We'll see if that changes. I agree. But you just more and more, and you know it's hard to forget how they were at his pro day. It really is. Yeah. The their demeanor across the board. And it wasn't just Josh McCown. I mean, Frank Reich was literally smiling ear to ear at that at at his broday. so that can't you know we can't discount that at all so we'll see I mean and and if that's the pick that's the pick I think I think both guys are going to be good quarterbacks I just have that little person on my shoulder telling me if Bryce Young is special I'm going to be very very pissed off so again yeah I mean you can't get it wrong you you, you got to They got to get the right guy. And, you know, if one of those guys fall off, let's hope it's not the one they take. So, yeah, I'm excited, though. I mean, they have they have they have the staff put together to be successful. So I think whether it's Stroud or Young, I think they can make it happen. Um, and and let's hope, you know, the one they pick is the guy that's going to be a special player.
1: Did, so, did you see uh, did you see Stroud's comments about uh, the Panthers coaching staff? I did
0: not. Where when was that?
1: Uh, I I can't remember exactly where I saw it. Uh, well, I saw it on Twitter, but I can't remember exactly where it was from. But he was talking about the possibility of being picked number one overall, and um, how he would want to go somewhere where you know he can learn and grow and stuff. And and then they asked him like, you know, what if Carolina picks you number one overall? And he's like, well, I, I you know, I the the cliche, I can only control what I can control. And I would love to be picked number one overall. And then he goes on to say that uh, he thinks Carolina's coaching staff would be perfect for him because he could get the coaching that he needs in the NFL. And he said that, I think they're one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. So I thought that was pretty I did not see that. That is,
0: that is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, start, start watching the Stroud tape. I mean, you bet, you got to go and start watching it. I'm not saying you, I'm just saying for fans out there, like, go start watching it. Because, I mean, I think it's down to those two. And clearly the needle, as of right now, again, I don't, I would assume, I would think at this point they pretty much know who it is. And I think when they traded, I think they knew who it was. But that needle, clearly right now is, I mean, pointing at C.J. Stroud. Joe Person of The Athletic, he came out with, I mean, he's been posting articles left and right. I mean, that guy is, I swear, is never sleeping, it seems like, because he posted like four or five articles today, I think it was, or yesterday. But anyway, Joe Person of The Athletic, one of his recent articles said that Scott Fitter isn't going to ask which quarterback Frank Reich likes until one to two weeks before the draft. One, are you buying this, Bryson? And two, what do you think of this strategy?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's an interesting way to go about it. I I don't really know if I buy that because it seems like it needs to be more of a collaborative process between GM and coach and, uh, you know, waiting a week out. seems like you're kind of giving up a lot of time that, you know, each side can argue or um, prove with, you know, going through tape and stuff. So I, I really don't think that, I hope that's not the case. Um, if it is, then we'll see how it plays out. But I, if I were, if me and you were head coach and GM, I feel like that's not the way that we would go about it. I think that from day one, it, from making that trade the number one overall, we would, you, you, you would discuss like, Hey, this is the guy we're, you know, making a franchise altering trade for and not be like, okay, you got your guy. I got my guy. Let's, let's send this trade in and and hope that we're on the same page kind of thing. So uh, I, I would be, you know, the other way and and collaborate and make sure everybody's, if not on the same page, at least everybody knows what each other is thinking. And you, you know, you don't have right wanting Levis and Scott Federer wanting Richardson and Samir Suleiman wanting uh, Bryce Young and Josh McCown wanting CJ Stroud. And then like the week of you're like, Oh my God, everybody's, everybody's everywhere like nobody's on the same page and then that just seems like a mess waiting to happen so um, I, I just i don't really know if i if i buy that
0: yeah i think they have a i mean i think they had a ballpark going into that trade who they wanted or a pretty good idea of who they were going to draft because frank reich said today the pro day kind of cemented what they were thinking i forgot the exact word he used but that what the pro days confirmed what they believed, like on tape and everything else. That's what he said. So again, I think I think they had a pretty good ballpark or knew who they were going to be taking and everything over these last couple of weeks. has just been confirmation of that. I also can see my opinion. I don't want my opinion influencing your opinion. So I can see the one to two week thing and what Frank Reich you know, was reported by Joe Person in the Athletics. So I can see that part of it. But again, I honestly think they know who they want. Yeah, Scott maybe has said this. I don't know. I just, I feel like at this point, I mean, maybe after Thursday, and I guess you're going to bring those guys into Charlotte. And it sounds, it, it doesn't sound like they're going to throw at those, those private sessions but they're going to bring in all four quarterbacks levis included uh, and you know we'll see if that you know furthers anything and then they make the final call but i think they have a pretty damn good idea of who they're narrowing in on or who they want at this point so that's kind of what i read into it i mean it's weird i feel like most teams that are going to make the trade i probably already know who they're going to pick and they might already i mean this could just be you know they're they're trying to, you know, throw a little, you got to throw a little smoke out there because there's still that Texans possibility or another team. So, I mean, that could be another, (laughs) I'm I'm sure at this point they really do know who they want. So.
1: Yeah, we, we would hope so.
0: Let's end on this because I don't know how to feel about this. And this is, this is a fun one. This is about jerseys. Let's end on jerseys. So. Panthers and the Cardinals are the only two teams that have discounts on primary jerseys right now, which might be the sign that Carolina is going to have a new jersey this come season. New head coach, new quarterback, new jersey. Why not? Kind of makes sense to happen uh what are your thoughts bryson on a new jersey and have you seen any mock-ups that you've liked because i mean there has been a couple already we've been tagged in them on twitter and some of them are terrible i'll tell you that right
1: <laughs> now looks yeah, like I've i traded a, them i've seen a lot of bad ones and a couple good ones but i i'm you know i'm i'm fine with a with the jersey change you know a lot has changed in carolina like you mentioned kind of like just a changing of the guard top to bottom. So. I really like the jerseys that I've seen that are like the white kind of a tiger stripe or a panther stripe on the on the shoulders with like the blue and the and the uh white primary jerseys. I like that a lot. Um I think that that's a a nice look and then uh the helmet wise, I mean, we we've all seen we saw the black helmets and um you know, maybe a blue helmet here and there and I think that that would be cool. I I'm, I'm open to ideas and and I think that if the team does decide to go somewhere, I have confidence in them that they're able to to pick a decent looking one. So um, I'm I'm excited if if that is the case. And I, you know, personally, I, I really like the color rush jerseys, and I think I wish they would make those like a primary jersey. So if they did that, and then you know made a little bit of a change to another that would be cool too. But yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about the possibility definitely. And um, I guess that. would – I mean, I, I imagine that would be something that they would probably wait to announce closer to the season. Uh, is that right?
0: That would be my guess. I feel like, I mean, at this point, I think if if they are, they already know. Like, they're already probably making like the social media teams are already conducting what they want to do for like that process. I'm sure has already started. If if this is really the case, yeah. But I would think summer. I mean, it could be one of those things probably after, I would think after the schedule release, which is in May. So I would think sometime June or July. Um, I'll say this. I mean, I'm I'm obviously biased, but I think Panthers have some of the best colors in the NFL, hands down. And the only thing I'm nervous about is I don't want it. Like I'm worried that it, they come out with something and it's shitty. Like, and that's (laughs) happened before, like, I'm not. I was not a big fan of the uh, the New Jersey's the Buccaneers did a couple of years ago, and, and I think they went back to a different, like a different style recently. But mm-hmm. like their their like their text, it was I don't even know how to explain it, but it was almost like techie. And I was not. I hated those jerseys. So that is the one thing I'm nervous about is if they do come out because I like their jerseys now, but if they do come out with a new one. They go like that, like really outside the box look, and it just doesn't look right. So, I mean, I guess things can grow. Like the Rams jerseys, when they first came out, these new ones, I was not a big fan. I mean, I know some people liked them, but I was not a big fan of them. But they've grown on me. Like I I think they're pretty damn good jerseys now. But like that's the one thing I'm nervous about. I don't know. I just – and you got to kind of – would it be cool if carolina had like the stripes on the legs but then you're like well then they look way too similar to cincinnati so yeah i mean there's there's a lot of things that could happen with it i'm excited but i'm nervous about it as as well but i i like what do you think they should go with helmets do you think the standard should still be silver or should it they should they go to a black like a standard black helmet or do yeah, you I like think, the old silver look?
1: I think that I think changing it would be good. I, I like I like the black helmets and I like uh the renderings of the blue ones that I've seen and maybe even white. I mean I I think that you have a lot of different options and I really like the black ones. So I, I think that's probably what I would roll with.
0: Yeah, well, keep up with the mocks on Twitter. Uh try to go beyond the uh paint the paint program if you're going to do a mock-up <laughs> if you got one out there let's use some photoshop and try to find something a little bit creative but yeah there's i mean they're that one the one you liked i that i saw that one on twitter i thought that one was decent i still think they could go another step but we'll see what happens it'll it just adds to another layer of this off season of this whole new new feeling and like new regime basically top down between the coaches and the quarterback that will soon be coming. And now, you know, maybe some new jerseys and more excitement building into this offseason. Well, I think we're going to leave it at that. I do want a quick note. When this episode drops tomorrow, it's Jersey Mike's day of giving. And we've had Bradley Bozeman on this show before. So, I'm just giving him a little plug and the Bozeman Foundation. They are doing so. It looks like Bradley Bozeman is going to be out at several Jersey Mike locations tomorrow, all afternoon from one to five. He will, you can meet him, get a sub, and all the money spent on those subs is going to go to the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation. They're going to be in Denver and then three other locations in Charlotte. Um, and they also said if you go to Jersey Mike's, post a photo and they will be choosing three lucky winners to receive a signed Bradley Bozeman jersey. There you go, Bryson. Go get yourself some Jersey Mike's and uh, an Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore, like Subway commercial. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean,
1: my wife and I eat Jersey Mike's probably weekly anyway, so why not go on on the day of giving and, and donate to uh, you know, a. Uh, a good cause like the Bozeman foundation. So absolutely. We, we may end up doing that.
0: Well, we just want to thank everyone for listening to Panthers on tap podcast. You can catch our episodes, wherever you get your podcast, go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always.